Out of paper, out of stock There's friendly faces around the block Break loose from the chains That are causing you pain Call Michael and Stanley Jim Dwight Creed Call Andy and Kelly If your business paper needs Or Dundermill Then the people purchase paper people Dundermill Then the people purchase paper people Dundermill Then the people purchase paper people Hello and welcome to the Michael Scott Podcast Company, a show for fans of The Office by fans of The Office. I'm your host and Bacchus's friend, Sean Roney. And I'm Edwin Janes, and I'll be selling purses in the conference room. <laughs> and with us, as always, our producer in the warehouse, Mr. Alex Ward. Are you ready for some meatballs? Fitting. Oh. <laughs> 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 You've been meatballed. Uh, every week we get together and talk about our favorite show, NBC's The Office. Uh, we're going to be talking about an episode today. We got uh, some voicemails later and uh, and some trivia that was sent in by a listener. Um, but uh, very excited to dive in to Pool Party today. Disgusting. <laughs> Just disgusting. Yes, with Pool Party, we thought it'd be a, a fun sort of sequel to our Cafe Disco episode that we did recently. And as well, with it being summer and all, we thought it'd be a fun topic uh, to, to... I'm really having a hard time avoiding dive into, but we're going to talk about it. <laughs> it's a good yeah, phrase. So you know, it's it's got a nice ring to it. Yeah, let's... Ooh. Let's dive it. Oh, I see what you did there. I there you found you it. There you found it at the bottom of the joke. <laughs> well, let's dive in. Pool party, season God, eight, episode shut twelve. Shut up, dude. <laughs> <laughs> now I can't stop. Uh, uh, season eight, episode twelve, aired January nineteenth, two thousand twelve. Written by Owen Ellickson and directed by Charles McDougal. Yeah, this is a really interesting episode in that it's something of a bottle episode where all the characters are gathered together at Robert's pool party. They're not forced there by any sort of circumstance, um, except for Jim, who keeps trying to escape. Uh, <laughs> but it does bring all the characters together in a fun, unique sort of environment, and it lets them all just kind of explore uh, and have fun together um, while they celebrate Robert's uh, selling of his house. Yeah, it's, right. it's such an odd occasion for a party, and one that Kevin... Uh, creates out of thin air, as he tells to Oscar. Um, Wait, yeah, was that you, Oscar? <laughs> I love how he does that. Just Immediately just shoves it in Oscar's face. Uh, Kevin, yeah, Kevin showing his his social prowess here, uh, which he doesn't really have much. But he's Kevin. We're going to talk about Kevin soon. He's his episode's coming up. But he's such an honest open. He'll just say what he's thinking or what he wants without any filters. Yeah. Like I doubt any other character would have made that party happen by like having that idea. But Without Kevin has no fear of of status or like who Robert California right. is. He's just like, <laughs> oh nice, a pool. We should Oscar, use it. Yeah, yeah. Oscar's like coming in hot with like a no, Kevin. <laughs> like, yeah. Like a number of different characters express their opinion on Robert's house kind of casually, but yet to him. Um you know, chump bait. Or uh, Jim kind of has the, is what, the shining is what vibe. White says. The shining vibe is what Jim says. Uh, Oscar Oscar makes a similar comment, uh, and they all get kind of reprimanded a little bit when Robert says, "I'm selling the house." So they yes. all they all have to kind of uh, pretend that they were joking or that they didn't mean what they said. So it's funny that Kevin's moment of truth and Oscar trying to pull him back ends up creating this event for everyone. Mm-hmm. Outside of the the meatball cold open, uh, this whole thing takes place at at Robert's house. One of those episodes. Yeah. Um, this overall, this is a 
pretty similar episode to Booze Cruise in terms of water-based mm. drinking occasion. We have someone uh, in, in turmoil about marriage uh, in some way. We have someone talking someone in or out of that marriage. We've got, uh, I don't know, all sorts of different correlations. Got Robert maybe, California as the party captain. As the party captain. And maybe Michael's dance scene is Robert jump, jumping <laughs> in nude and, you know, really taking the party to the next level. Oh, I maybe, thought it was going to be Ryan and Gabe's dance scene. Or the, the yeah, <laughs> or the boss, the boss providing the talking point, an embarrassing moment that everyone's like, yeah. oh, my God. Maybe uh, Jim trying to get out of the party or leave the party is similar to that guy who jumped overboard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. And Toby not even wanting to get on the boat is Toby uh, accidentally becoming a Oscar's wine friend. He's like, shouldn't have, shouldn't have even gotten there, bro. Shouldn't even gotten on the boat. But Toby, he's on it. You are playing right a dangerous game. <laughs> I love that part. Um, but yeah, let's talk about like just overall what what all happens in this episode. I think the main story arc feels like Andy and Aaron. Oh, um, for sure. Got, yeah, we got Andy is going to propose to Jessica. He's got a ring with no diamond in it. Uh, and well, he's he's thinking about <laughs> it. He's carrying the ring around with him to right. see to see how it feels. Yeah. His parents seem to be pushing him in that direction pretty hard. Right, right, and he's carrying this ring around. Everywhere he goes without a case to put it in. Um, and then uh, Aaron is... Uh, the Aaron, diamond Aaron's... had more of his little brother vibe. So. <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> That's what he says. Yeah, yeah. And Aaron's, pre- Aaron's kind of jealous of this. She's sort of... Um, she kind of thinks that she's picking up that Andy's not sure about Jessica. And so she's trying to swoop in. Um, <laughs> it's really after Meredith <laughs> tells her that... They followed her home because Andy wanted to make sure California didn't put it in yet. Which is just <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Meredith, like a couple like, great, Aaron, couple great one-liners like, for Meredith. <laughs> like, yeah. Ugh, <laughs> and at the same time, uh, uh, overjoyed by this news. This means that maybe Andy still has feelings for her. This pool um, is choice. No top scum. No band aids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, She's great. just love Meredith more and more as time goes on. Yeah. So good. Yeah, we see a strange tension from Aaron in this episode. Clearly, uh, she still has these unresolved feelings for Andy, kind of portrayed by the fact that she's flirting with Dwight uh, because he is mighty <laughs> throughout yes. the episode. And uh, it, it also kind of shows in the phone call that she receives, you sound so pretty today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and and we should acknowledge that this is just a couple episodes before they all go to Florida. So that tension does sort of work itself out through the Florida Saber store arc. Uh, but it's a very uh, it's a very unique moment for Aaron and Andy, specifically Aaron. There's um, a go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. There's actually a deleted scene where Aaron is like recounting um, like everything that's kind of happened with with her and uh and Dwight, you know, she's like, uh, well, her and Andy. Sorry, 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 her and Andy. Um, but yeah, she's like, you date a guy, you find out he was engaged to your coworker, so you throw cake at him. It's over. You start liking him again, so you ask him out with a puppet show. He says no. Then he follows you home to make sure that you don't kiss somebody. Then he ignores you at a pool party. Am I right, ladies? <laughs> yeah she has that That's pretty moment. much the whole story she has a yeah. little moment too where she's like what a weird stalker like i should get a restraining order <laughs> and she does that little squeak yeah yeah right. she's got this weird like dark 
dark energy sometimes. Uh, which she also brings when she she when she's trying to get Andy back and just goes right for it. You know, like flirting yeah. with him about like taking that car out. Maybe we'll get caught in the rain. All that, all that sort of stuff. It's like, whoa, Aaron, going for it. I know. Nice. I know. Hey, big boy. Yeah. <laughs> you like it when I touch you like that? Flicking a bug off my wiener. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Aaron's so strange and and very earnest. And it's very interesting the way the writers choose to make her seem strange. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm, I'm just thinking of, uh, for example, the, the flirting uh, example that you just said, Sean, or when she in the foster home, my hair was my room, or how mm-hmm. competitive she gets during the paper airplane episode. Sometimes they just turn the dial all the way up, and this is one of those right. moments. How's yeah. your car? <laughs> That's <laughs> right. <laughs> That's what she asks Andy just to start up a conversation. And, and I mean, you know, I think, too, it's worth – like, we got to address that, like, Andy is just so normal in this episode. He's not like he ever is, right? I mean, he doesn't do anything particularly silly. He's not emotional. He's um, – even losing the ring doesn't seem to freak him out too much. It kind of works itself out, and he just sort of sort of tries to get it back. Well, yeah, he, well, yeah, he doesn't he even go swimming up. in the pool for the ring. He can't speak up about it because he doesn't want Jessica to know that he's got the ring that he's thinking about proposing. Right. At least that's right. how I read the scene. I right. oh, I just read it is it was just because Kelly found it. He's like, that's the worst person who could find this ring because he right. can't be like, Kelly, give me that ring. She'll be like, no, like, why do you want it? And he'd right. be like, I, it's mine. And she'd be like, oh my god. Like, who are you proposing to? And <laughs> yeah. make a huge scene. It's like, okay, shoot. Um, but yeah, and then they, uh, yeah, light it on fire and sink it to the bottom of the pool. And I mean, Andy is, he is pretty normal. And so, I mean, we actually get scenes of him like flirting normally with Jessica and them seemingly a, just a s- stable, normal couple. His parents mm-hmm. like her. Mm-hmm. I feel like, I don't know if this is too hot of a take, but I feel like does Aaron ruin a perfectly happy Andy here? No, because the reason I say this is because Andy sort of betrays that version of normalcy when Dwight approaches him, when Dwight approaches him. And and in a funny self-aware moment of the show, he says, respectfully, I want to avoid another Angela situation. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes. Mm -hmm. He says, I want (laughs) to make sure that you're done with Aaron. And Andy says, uh, last time I checked, I'm with Jessica. It's monogamy for mahogany. Right, uh, right. <laughs> and that's to get my monogon. But then when, when Dwight talks about what he might do, Andy says, oh, you know, or, or take it slow, whatever you guys decide. And Dwight says, you're an idiot. And he doesn't pursue it any further. So mm. I think what Andy is showing is that he doesn't, he hasn't completely gotten rid of all of his feelings for Aaron. He is rushing I, into it again. He hasn't proposed to anyone in years. So <laughs> I feel like you you're right in that we're supposed to read that scene as Andy kind of having a little bit of um, hesitation. But most of the times I wa- I've watched this episode before, I haven't picked up on that. Actually, I feel like Andy's really being like, sure, or whatever. I don't care about anything. I, I don't know. Have you ever read it that way? Or have you always picked up that he's being like, oh, or take it slow, maybe? I, I don't know kinda, if it's. I've always kind of picked up on that. I mean, it's Aaron and Andy are such strange characters and their path is so strange over the course of the show. The the different moments as as you in the deleted scene that, you know, plots all of that out. 
it's just it's just they're such a weird couple. Well, you could yeah. also read it as he sa- he's saying, you know, or you could take it slow because he's learned he's learned the harsh lesson of of not taking it slow. Um, mm-hmm. But up, the thing is, up until that point, he's there's really no lingering glances at Aaron. There's no moments where he seems actually interested in Aaron anymore. And she right, keeps right. giving him that chance. And he really legitimately seems like he doesn't. He's, he's like, probably nope. just pre- he's pretty preoccupied about the ring. That might be why. Yeah. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I don't know. He seems like if, if his parents approval is so important to him and they really like Jessica, it feels like that's all Andy would really need to be like, all right, I'm in, <laughs> you know, definitely. But, I mean, you know what, what happens, but they happens. are working off of the Christmas wishes episode, but anyway, we shouldn't, we shouldn't get yeah. bogged down with this. Let's talk yeah, about yeah. people in the pool. Ultimately. Yeah. I care more about Aaron. I want Aaron to be happy and she yeah, should stop yeah, wasting yeah. her time with this goon. That's all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, if, speaking of people in the pool, we get Aaron's plan to, uh, to make Andy jealous by <laughs> flirting with Dwight. Dwight is particularly handsy with Aaron throughout this entire scheme, uh, even before, uh, <laughs> even before he's in on it, he straight up like is like kind of pushing her away and like, and then pushes her hard into the pool, like it almost makes yeah, like that, it, you hick. Yeah, he kicks her. He, he keeps yeah. calling her a calls hick. her a hick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <several> yeah. Times. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's a great insult. And then. And then we get the chicken fights in the pool. Um, and this is where Dwight gets knocked out for, you know, it's not really much like reason for this <laughs> whole scene. But um, uh, Aaron uh, is squeezing her like thighs too tight around uh, Dwight's neck. And so he like passes out. And we get that weird shot where all of a sudden there's a cameraman under the water that's <laughs> yeah, always that's bothered the me the documentary crew brought all it's the gear it's always bothered me cuz it's there. like if you're yeah it's like if you we you just were filming outside of the pool we didn't see a guy with a camera in the pool so how do you have this shot of when Dwight is uh is falling underwater i've always it was always actually bothered me you know robert california has a number of cameras all over the pool <laughs> yeah. room yeah that i believe Hey, that I believe. having to jump in the pool was not as bad as the cameraman that had to stick around with Ryan and Gabe to the very end. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it, it is funny that that, that gives overtime. Dwight something to do in this episode. Because without that, he doesn't really have a motivation. And with other characters, we're okay with them kind of lingering on uh, being kind of on the outskirts of this episode or not not jumping in too much as part of the ensemble. I'm thinking of Stanley sitting in a chair in his work clothes. Um, yeah, but with Dwight, you'd expect him to have more of a part of the plot. So by Aaron bringing him in, it gives him something to do. It is funny the way that they flirt and the way that Dwight responds to the fact that Aaron has identified him as the manliest man in the office, and he just kind of <laughs> runs with it. And yeah. that the two of them together, what a funny combination, Dwight and Aaron. <laughs> yeah, they don't, they don't, they don't know at all what they're doing or how to flirt. They need to think of something romantic, and so Dwight proposes chicken fights, and Aaron says, "That's perfect. That's absolutely perfect." So, and then they both in, get very in, competitive. In, yeah. I'm sorry though. I gotta say, she he is right. <laughs> the chicken fight is a, definitely a great way to. I mean, I think maybe we remember from like pool parties as a kid. It was definitely the best way to get close to somebody you like. Um, hey, sh- quick shout out to Stanley though for the line: "Pants only need a chair if there's a person in them." <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Stanley, so casual. Yeah, he's still in a suit. Just laying on that chair. That's right. Smiley, it's Smiley Stanley in 
uh, you know, yeah. in these Pool later side, seasons. Stanley, it's weird, it's, man. It weirds me out. It's a beautiful out. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, if we can jump into maybe some of the other things that are going on in this episode. I mean, Robert California, we've got, um, you know, we learned that he's getting divorced. He's selling his home. Um, he talks about how Eyes Wide Shut had recently just come out. Have you guys seen that movie? Oh, yeah. I have not. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's, Kubrick, uh, bro. Just, yeah, bro. We only just watched it for the first time during the during this quarantine, but... Um, man, that's a trippy. Why would you want your house to be like that? Is my only thing. He's the lizard away. king. He's the yeah, lizard man. king. So, so I, I have a thing though. Are we are we to believe that Robert California moved to the greater Scranton area around 1999, 2000? So five, right. six, or like, sorry, that'd be uh, nine years before this pool party. Ten years. Right. Right. It doesn't make sense. Why is he? Why is he well, been living in Scranton that long? They they never explain his origins, but it's not as if they don't. When he applied for the manager job, he isn't portrayed as someone who flew in. Right. That's you know that's I mean? true. So, that's true. I just so, assume with his name and bravado, he's why would he be in Scranton? Right. Mm. You'd think you know California, but but, <laughs> uh, but there, yeah, they don't they don't uh, they don't explain it or what he did before. Or they say that he was uh, selling deep sea drilling equipment. Again, uh, doesn't right. fit with living inland in mm-hmm. Pennsylvania, but whatever. There's also this moment where uh, Jim laughs at something uh, Robert California was, says. It's yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say I that really uh, it <laughs> we we kind of glossed over it in the beginning of the episode, but uh, Robert says the greatest tragedy is they're calling my speakeasy a rumpus room. And, lounge or rumpus and uh, <laughs> Jim laughs and he says, "Does something about my turmoil amuse you, Jim?" Yeah, I thought you were doing it in a funny way. You're like making a, a joke. Yeah, laughing at your own pain. <laughs> mm-hmm. like yeah, a, like a sad clown. Ah, yes. How wonderful it is to laugh at clowns, the last dying vestige of the circus industry. No, it's, it's, good, a, it's how hilarious it is to laugh at clowns, the painted gestures of the dying circus industry. Yeah, Very yeah. funny, Jim. I get it. And then Andy, Andy says, I'm getting reports of a serious outbreak of the grumpies in here. Yeah. I do love that Robert forces Jim to, no, explain what you mean. Yeah. And he, he holds yeah. him there in that, in that, uh, in that tension. And Very Jim Charles has, Minor of him. He can't, he, he, he can't him. opt out. He can't right. talk his way out. He, his, all of his sentences just kind of trail off. And, mm. Yeah. It's, Please let me out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love when, when Jim gets there and he's like trying to get him to be a part of the tour. Robert California is. And he's like, come, Jim, you must see what you were laughing about. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, he's, he's so affected by, <laughs> by this. There's there's another a similar moment where Robert says, Jim, you especially would enjoy this. And Jim says, Really? Why? Why? And Robert says, like, I don't know. Just come along. Yeah. That, <laughs> that I moment I thought was really like that uh, I'll buy the script. Like you could do that scene with Michael Scott and Jim. It would sound different, but you could you could have that same reaction of yeah. you can hear Michael Scott just being like, I don't know, Jim, just come on. And like yeah. it would be done totally. differently. And this is this is like a vi- this is the same thing as the the dinner party tour, but in a much bigger house. There's something really funny that they do with Robert California throughout the season. And we'll t- we'll do a full Robert California episode at some point. But mm-hmm. where he's just so exhausted by the way that all of these people are that he, <laughs> uh, like I'm, when Andy is trying to, uh, he's knocking on the door 
to the conference room. Mm-hmm. Bump, 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 bump. Yes, Andy, for God's sake, just come inside. <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, or later when Andy uh, is is uh, is not the manager, but he's visiting. Mm-hmm. And Robert, Andrew, what do we have to do to get rid of you? There's, yeah. there's just like a real, the entire office world just really wears him out sometimes. Yeah, it does. Dwight, it does. how nice of Gabe to show you where I live. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, there's a there's a great deleted scene with Robert California where he's showing them his shame room, which is like just a room that he could watch people shamefully walk to their cars the morning after. And, uh, <laughs> when, 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 when he says, this is the shame room, Gabe yeah. says, I live in this room. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I didn't watch the I, I didn't watch the deleted scenes for this one. I that sounds amazing. There's only I a few. It's a quick it's a quick yeah. watch, but uh, yeah, there's a couple watch of good ones. You know what? While we're on the subject, there's another there's a there's another deleted scene of someone commenting on the house. Phyllis is like, I don't mean for this to sound offensive, but uh, Robert's house looks like a basketball player lives here, or something like that. Or <laughs> yeah, Robert's geez. house is, a, is the kind of place a basketball player would live. It's like what? Whoa! Well, yeah, uh, it is. Yeah, I th- the whole setup though of like I, I'm just crossing worlds here, uh, like you say, Edwin. Like the clear disdain and just so little respect for these people, but they're the only people he has at this point for the, to have this party in this house. And it's, it's a great fish out of water. The whole episode is just mixing these two worlds of, uh, yeah. Robert's eyes wide shut, you know, intrigue and sex and this sort of old Gothic life he wants to live versus, mm-hmm. you know, Meredith. But he, but he, get, <laughs> but he gets what he wants in the end. I mean, he, he has this moment, uh, at the end when they were, when the tour ends, uh, he uh, realizes, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, here he was mourning all the parties that didn't happen and one is unfolding right in front of him. Yeah, you, um, you called it a fish out of water until that fish realizes what's going on, disrobes and jumps oh, in yeah. the pool. <laughs> Big old fish. His robes in front of all of his employees. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's some probably legal issues with that. Uh, that tad move. problematic. And then mm-hmm. Ryan and Gabe having to make the calculation in their head to do it as well. Uh, <laughs> Gabe, right. Gabe going into the pool with the pants around his ankles is one of, <laughs> one of the best bits of physical comedy on this entire show. Like it, it's, it's incredible. It's incredible. I, I watch it over and over again, the way he falls in. It's so flaccid. He just, he just, cause he's, he's in a rush to jump in at the same time as Ryan. That's yeah. the only reason yeah. he just doesn't take his pants off and he just flops oh straight in. It's like oh getting tackled by a tall skeleton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, what else we got in this episode? We also got uh, we also got Daryl and, and oh, I was gonna say Daryl and Val. We also got Daryl and Val. Yeah, yeah, the for sneaky, sure. The sneaky the sneaky C storyline, and then right, uh, right. Yeah, Toby and Oscar is the D storyline. We'll say. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, but we got Daryl and Val. This is you know this is a romance that's kind of slowly been been building um and uh and uh unfortunately for daryl val wants to hang out in the pool he doesn't um i mean there's not there's not really much to this other than that right <laughs> it's, he says he's that's always like, been the problem with val for me it's like well there's not much to it it's just this thing that happens her character's pretty mm-hmm. flat um yeah they don't develop val very much and yeah and this is like yeah the whole yeah. I, and you know it's also sort of daryl 
we get some vulnerability from Daryl, at least talking about his like how he sees himself, his weight, and he doesn't want to right. take his shirt off in front of Val, and he overcomes that. So we do get a bit of a triumph in that storyline, and mm-hmm. and uh, and the two of them coming together, which is nice. Yeah, yep. it's a very nice small little sitcom storyline. Yeah, very tiny. He's, he's, he, he's self conscious and doesn't want to get in the pool at the beginning, and then in the end, he jumps in the pool and doesn't get a ball. There's it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah. A, t- a terrible, Simple. terrible cannonball. It's so bad. Just watch it. It's bar- he he unfolds before he gets into the water. There's no splash. Come on, man. Oh my god. Gotta watch. Although it, it does, we do get a great from the storyline, a great little Kevin moment of like that Val is. comes up and says, does Daryl not swim? That's racist. <laughs> Just right Would away. Would I say looking at him? No, Daryl does not swim. <laughs> it's like you know who that line sounds like it's written for is Nate. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like a Nate line. I There's don't also, know. But having only known you a short him. while, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> I, I also love when Kevin runs in the pool and volunteers to be Kathy's chicken fight partner. Come on, Kath. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, come on, Kath. Yeah. <laughs> the look of horror on her face. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, uh, we also got Toby and Oscar. They go into the wine cellar. Toby grabs a random bottle of wine, and Oscar's convinced that uh, Toby has great taste. I, lo- I love this. This is actually one of my favorite parts of this entire episode, is, is Toby trying his hardest to pretend <laughs> that he knows anything about wine so that Oscar will like him. Yeah, we get two. This is very much. We only see this Oscar uh, in the business trip for a moment uh, right. after the Long Island iced teas, and we see it again here. Oh my God, don't the, call her. Yeah. yeah. And he's sort of like, I am Bacchus, like this sort of quick statement that's just, just yeah. pure inebriation. Yeah. Note, it's a symphony. Yeah, that's, that's all he so says. Great. That's so great. And then this is really one of my favorite parts of this episode is when like, oh, Toby, you are playing a dangerous game and then takes this really like weird bottle swig. (laughs) Like it's a great. It's It's great. He doesn't tilt his head back at all. He just tilts the bottle up. He just juts the lip way (laughs) out. Juts his bottom lip way out. It feels very true to Toby in a way that some of the later season stuff for Toby doesn't feel that true, which is Mm -hmm. to say – that it's just Toby thinking in these way in over his head, but he's really not. This is not a big deal whatsoever. And right. so much of the late season Toby stuff is very, very sad sack, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is just a little bit more like he's just a person who's having a small, ordinary moment. I think, you know, I mentioned that thing about the pool being kind of a small sitcom storyline. That and then this feel very early office, which is to say they're very small things that are happening that are kind of in a person's head that they're mm-hmm. barely storylines, but they're worth watching is just a little slice of life and you compare that to the the other storylines or the bigger storylines in this episode which feel very much late stage office which is they're at a pool party at the ceo's house uh Mm. and andy and aaron are kind of flirting with each other kind of not it's very strange uh right you juxtapose that with andy or excuse me with toby pretending that he knows more about wine than he does right (laughs) i i did there is one thing that, that uh, somebody posted this in one of the office fan groups on Facebook the other day, but when Oscar is taking a big sip of his wine, there's a piece of tape on the bottle of his wine that says Oscar. Yep. Oh, that's really? A, it's, a, it's a prop thing so, um, so that they can just keep track of those. Uh, you know, mm. they always have like a table right off set, whereas the actors like leave set, they'll set their beverages down in the same spot on the table. 
so that you you know exactly how much to refill for them and all these other things. Um, and I, I think uh, the last storyline to touch on is the E storyline of just Jim wants to leave early. That's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the right, whole thing. Yeah. And he does sort of after that. And he's like, he's the and leaving there's up. my talking point when Robert walks mm-hmm. in and he's gone. Mm-hmm. It's a nice little exclamation point on the end of the episode. Definitely. And that he has to drive through the yard to get there because Meredith won't move yeah. the car. It's like Mario is ready, little... just peeling yeah. out through the yes. knocks that statue over or something. Stunt driver moment. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Um, what? What? To any other? Do, in season eight, there's a lot of. I'm sorry to cut you off, Sean. No, there's no. There's a lot of Jim can't escape in season eight. There's a lot of that. There's that. There's Jim spinning the sign. There's Jim having to be Chuck. There's yeah. Jim having to play squash with Robert California. Yeah. There's Mrs. California when he's trying to run away from the situation. There's so yeah. much of Jim trying to flee the scene and just being unable to, which is funny because mm-hmm. Jim trying to flee. Was... He's trying to get out of Scranton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. There's, <laughs> there's, uh, there's so much. Jim is so with so much agency in season six and seven. You know, he turns down basically being the co-manager. That's what Joe says. You're the first mm-hmm. man ever turned me down. And now in season eight, Jim is trapped all the time. <laughs> I I got to say, too, I, I missed Pam this episode, man. Mm-hmm. She's just not in it. Um, she's at home with uh, with Philip at this point. And, uh, Spinning serious nice Radio Disney. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. It's really the only mention of her. And Kathy then is in her place, but just thrown into this episode for Gabe to hit on at the beginning. And that's it. And, the, and then there's just one little moment where they're like, come in, get in the pool and play chicken fight with us. And she's like, oh, sure. Like, where's, but I need a partner. Where's Jim? Yeah. So it's just yeah. kind of like this little tiny, uh, you know, Sowing uh, the seeds. hint yeah. that she's exactly, exactly. Because this is all still before the Florida arc. Um, well, any any favorite moments? What's your what's your takeaway from from rewatching this episode and and KB makes three? Yeah, that was gonna <laughs> I be love one. That moment. <laughs> what a waste of two bears! That was another one that I yeah, yeah, that yeah. was so silly. To, what, yep. what, what I had both of these bears stitched together to make this king size. Mm-hmm. Robert is just so uh, so offhand with all these details and and the life that he imagined himself living a leg of mutton, the juice dribbling down his chin, wiping on the walls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I you know this about me i love robert california so i love this episode because we just get a kind of lightly drunk just wandering pondering robert california mm-hmm. and i just mm-hmm. love every minute of it uh, i'm there for it and yeah no I, it's a it's a it was a really fun fun rewatch uh season eight fun keeps one. growing on me yep fun one mm-hmm. um season eight keeps growing on me the more i come back to it Ryan and Gabe as the pair trying to cozy up to Robert is such a funny dynamic. And I love that they only explore it this one time that obviously Robert and Gabe, or excuse me, Ryan and Gabe both have their own moments with Robert throughout the course of the season, but the two of them at the same time, trying yes. to be on Robert's good side, yes. seems to have, especially in this episode, trying to one up each other. Uh, mm-hmm. There's, it's just, it's, it's really funny to watch it all play out. And it's funny that you could have had the two of them. You probably could have had this episode, the two of them fighting over Kathy or something. Mm-hmm. You know, and, right. and she wants she not wanting any of it. But instead, they're fighting over Robert California and it's a lot funnier. It's just a way so better fun. move. Yeah. I do love that in a different episode, uh, in Pam's replacement, I, I believe uh, they acknowledge Ryan and Kathy just by Ryan saying, uh, do you think the new girl is single? And Jim says, uh, I don't think so. 
And uh, Ryan says, yeah, yeah, me neither. Yeah. <laughs> and he never, he never approaches it again, which is kind of nice. And then Pam's like, why do you think she isn't single? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I, would, I would say, like, my takeaway this rewatch um, was that this episode oddly feels so similar to Parks and Recreation. Would you hmm. agree with that? I think it's, interesting. it's, I mean, it's maybe just, you know, of course, always the absence of Michael Scott, um, but uh, the, the Daryl's storyline of not getting in the pool like could have been like a Tom Haverford storyline or an Andy Dwyer storyline. Like, I don't know what it is about this episode that just feels, a. It, it, I don't know. I don't know if that makes any sense, but um, I mean, no, you're it, right. I feel like, I feel like they could have had some large old rich man who lived in Pawnee was like, Something giving his house, something was right. happening to the estate, and a new port, threw a, perhaps. Yeah, and they threw a huge party it, it, uh, before like they had to knock it down or something. A real yeah. Thomas Oregon. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just it's not a very it's not a cringy episode, really, except for maybe a couple of moments. But like, it's just very much like the whole time the stakes are kind of low. They're in this weird place, like how in Parks and Rec later they're always in like they're never in that Parks and Rec office anymore. They're always in weird places and. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what it is about it, but uh, that was just something that I thought of. Uh, um, and and everything kind of gets resolved by the end. It, anyways, it, it it made me think I of think, Parks and Rec. I think you make an interesting point. It's a funny episode. I mean, they, this episode does really make full use of the ensemble, or at least the ensemble that's that's present for them. They don't bring in Pam, for example. But think about all the storylines we talked about. Andy and Aaron, Jim yeah. trying to leave, Daryl and Val, right. Ryan and Gabe. They, they just keep going on. So there's uh, it, there's just a lot of different characters who chime in at different moments. Or we didn't even talk about Angela. You're in my lane. What a funny little moment, part. you know, for uh, yeah, Angela. Yeah. Or, uh, She's trying they, to lap swim. <laughs> yeah, they, with the kickboard. She has a kickboard. Yeah. They mm-hmm. light the paper boat on fire with the ring and she says, we're in the pool. And Phyllis just says, shut it, Angela. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I I I like to juxtapose this episode next to dinner party just because it's a boss throwing the party. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though Robert's like, I like that Robert is like, we'll do a little get together and let's say no food. I like he yeah, just draws that it. line because yeah. that's what we'll call takes it a get together. That's what takes throwing a party. Like that's what throwing a party means preparing food. Right. That's the mm-hmm. main thing you do. But uh, I just love it that like if Michael was on that tour, seeing where Robert lives versus where Michael lives, and that. Right. This is all after he breaks up. This is all after uh, Robert California is divorcing his wife and we're getting Michael in this worse relationship. He is the really like abused one in that relationship. And uh, it's just a funny thing that to, to see these two bosses and their different ways they live. Mm-hmm. 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 That's all. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, I feel equally like sexy it's... though. Equally sexy tours <laughs> of the houses. So. I feel like it's like, it's a, it's a subject that I see in parks and rec a lot where people are like, I just don't know about this relationship. And it's happening two times in this episode, kind of with Andy and Aaron and even Daryl and Val. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that's why it reminded me of uh, Parks and Rec. But anyways, we m- move on. Uh, pool Party. That's a great episode. That was fun diving yes, in with you guys. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> okay. Shut it. Uh, Bring it back. Let's, Down. <laughs> all right, guys. Let's move on to a little conference room. Five minutes. Right now. Right now. Conference room. Topic, Let's go. All right, y'all. A couple of voicemails here for the conference room. Uh, this first one here comes from Dave in Connecticut. 
Hey guys, this is Dave checking in from Brantford, Connecticut. <laughs> I was listening to an earlier trivia episode, and I can't believe you guys didn't get that. The front of the building says pen paper right in the credits. It's literally the first thing <laughs> you see I know. in all 200 episodes. <laughs> you guys know the name of the awesome Blossom Chili's Waitress, but you didn't know that? <laughs> I haven't seen a choke this bad since the Portland Trailblazers in the 2000 Western Conference Finals. Oh. Anyway, love the show. Keep up oh. the good work. Free Mandela, peace. I'm out. <laughs> uh, that was great. That was great. Jeez. We deserve that. You didn't have to bring the 2000 Blazers into it. They're better than yeah, Connecticut's that... basketball team. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. Dave, you're absolutely right. We're, we're ashamed. To be fair, I think I administered that trivia. So no, you did. That was <laughs> I think no, that was to Sean and I because we yeah. we were like, I, I I will admit with that one, I was I didn't quite, I didn't quite think about or I, I like thought of the question, and I couldn't picture what you were asking necessarily. I, think I genuinely, like, what's the name on the building? And I feel like it was like, what's the sign you see on the. I don't know. I for some reason I just like blank. Well, it's like of course I know thing, it. I just blanked on it. The other thing that comes up is if you're, I, I don't know about you guys, but I skip the intro on Netflix most of the time. Definitely. Yeah. Just because you've seen you've seen the show so many times, especially on network TV or via DVD or whatever, and syndication and reruns on TV, like you know you skip the episode. If you're just gonna like let them play in the background, skip the intro. So it's an easy thing to forget about or to miss. For Dave's point though. By the time you hit the skip button, you have seen that image every single time. It's, That's it's like the true. first one. So it's true. trying to help I you did. guys. I'm trying to help you. <laughs> trying to help you, you stupid bag. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, well, we like I, to get... I'll just I'll admit yeah. it right now. I just suck at trivia. I don't I don't <laughs> I don't I don't know I don't yeah. remember these things. We got no excuses, um, Dave. But um, we... that was a great voicemail. Thank you for calling in. Really yeah. appreciate yeah. it, man. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, I um, also just wanted to have that voicemail because, you know, uh, NBA's back, which is tight. Mm-hmm. Go Blazers. Uh, all right. Well, one more quick voicemail here. Hi, it's Audrey from Berkeley, California. And I was listening to the office ladies and Rain Wilson was saying that he wanted an episode for following Creed around and what kind of life he had. And I was wondering what kind of things would you want to see from Creed's life? So, yeah, I think <laughs> that would be kind of cool. And I love the podcast. Keep it up, and yeah, bye. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you, Audrey. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. This this Um, reminds me because we never brought up the one shot of Creed in this episode where he's playing the guitar with the crown on by the pool. It's it's such a cool little image. Yeah, that's so true. And then the only other part is when uh, uh, Robert California is like the one percent are suffering too, people, (laughs) and Creed like. (laughs) It, it's Very, just yeah. like, huh, I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> it's like, um, There's I, another moment in the episode where a character is shown walking with guitar slung over their back, and it's presumably Creed, but... Yeah, we, yeah. we don't think so. So what I would like is um, supposedly Creed, um, the actor, uh, and Greg Daniels came up with a whole backstory for Creed, and basically that... The only the way that he got the job at Scranton is he was hitchhiking and Ed Truck picked him up, and they just you know had some <laughs> had some crazy day together or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so what I would like is like a Better Call Saul prequel oh. show, mm. like that's just all about Creed and his crazy life, and you know maybe it's just one season and it ends with 
um, that uh, that car ride between him and Ed Truck, and maybe maybe ends with his first oh, day at uh, at Scranton it's meeting a, great, a young a great Michael movie. Scott. Yeah. yeah, who's the, yeah. who would you cast as a young Creed? That's a great question. Uh, Michael Timothy Shannon. Chalamet. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah Tom Holland. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think uh, Bill Hader maybe could do it. Like I, I don't know. I'm oh, to think. Um, I, I was thinking like twenty. I was thinking like even younger. But I guess you're really make sense young. Yeah, yeah. It would make sense that it's an adult who becomes an older adult. Yes, <laughs> right. Because yeah. he's old when he starts at Dunder Mifflin. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. it needs. I want. I'm also imagining it kind of like the movie Walk Hard, where it just like goes through these crazy stages, life. and yeah. you know when uh, he's like touring in the Middle East or like yep. like yeah. Yeah. Um, there, uh, when I think of this idea or this premise, all I can think of is this episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia called Being Frank. Mm-hmm. And it's a first person perspective episode from the point of view of Frank Reynolds. And it's just like the day <laughs> that he lives. And it's an insane episode. And it goes to all sorts of crazy places. But I imagine the same thing for Creed. Basically, yeah. <laughs> we, we see through his eyes for the whole day. We watch him interact with Michael and Dwight and Jim and Stanley and Phyllis and yeah. anyone else. But I would uh, I would love to watch that episode. Maybe he throws mm. things down the quarry. Yeah, eat Maybe some mung throws... beans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see the quarry. Uh, I think you could have – I think we could have folded – we could have figured something out about Creed's life in Survivor Man when Michael's out walking in the woods. Uh, I feel like he could have come upon like Creed's homeless encampment. And the Creed's there or something for lunch. And it's like, hey, boss. And we just we kind of see where Creed is living <laughs> and uh, get some insights into his life there. Uh, but as far as that, or any um, like we see that when they're searching for Michael and we see Creed's picture on the wall of thieves at the Chinese restaurant. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, you, I love I do love the idea that you would Michael would run into Creed somewhere crazy and Creed would read him very nonchalantly. Exactly. Hey boss. Yeah. Hey, boss. <laughs> They're both down in the quarry for some, want some soup. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Or like, yes, any, anything where they're out, uh, out and about in Scranton, they should mm-hmm. try and Creed should always be around whenever they're out and about. Mm. And I always be like, right, shouldn't you be at the office? Just like, okay, boss. And then he's back at the office later or something. Playing a little hooky today. <laughs> there's that There's that moment. I think it's a deleted scene where uh, Chad Lai, Lighter Side of Life, mm-hmm. runs into Creed in the kitchen and says, aren't you Creed Braddon, the singer from the grassroots? Yeah. He's like, I wrote your obituary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, in, uh, when they pick him up in Work Bus, too, that's mm-hmm. when we get a little look into his life. They pick up the hitchhiker that is Creed. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. Yeah, thanks for the uh, voicemail, though, Audrey. Good question. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Audrey. That's awesome. All right, guys, time for a little trivia. Let's just do our thing, collect our hardware, and get the hell home. Woo! Today's trivia comes from Will from Chicago. He's actually sent in trivia before. So he says, P.S., I saw that you guys destroyed my trivia last time, so I am stepping it up, and I don't think that you will score more than 50%. Good luck. Okay? So here we go. I'm ready. And away we go. Okay. Season 8, Episode 5, Spooked. Question. What is the name of the haunted house that Gabe took Aaron to? That's, that's, oh, that's hard. Yeah, no kidding. I would definitely don't know this I don't know it off the top of my head. What is it? Dr. Nightmare's Horror Palace. I don't know. What is it? Lars and Takakos. 
Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. I've never. Could, I would never. Could, is that an obscure Caribbean country? What is that? <laughs> <laughs> Lars Cocoleche. and Chicago's haunted house. All right. Season eight, episode eleven. What is the name of the person that Robert California is wrestling with? Stu. Stu? Stu. That's yeah. right. <laughs> Great scene. That's right. I can go to the typo. gym three days a week, or I can wrestle Stu once a month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he follows it up with, they've never perfected the Oreo, have they? Or they've never yeah. improved yeah. on the Oreo, have they? Yeah. yeah. Uh, season 8, episode 24, Free Family Portrait Studio. What is Robert California's real name? The name that he uses to introduce himself to David Wallace. Oh. Bob Kalamekis. Yeah, Bob Kazimakis. Yes, that's right. Okay, season nine. I always, episode I always read that as it, it's also a fake name that he just came yeah. up with on the spot. Yeah, right. I don't, yeah, yeah, I don't think sure. we'll ever know his real name. Are we two for three right now? Let's keep the percentage. Oh yeah, that's right. You guys got uh, yeah, you got Stu and Bob Kazimakis, but you couldn't get Lars and Takako. So um, two for three. Okay, season nine, episode seventeen, The Farm. What is the name of the poem that's Dwight's sister, Fanny Shroop, had showed the documentary crew. Oh, man. It's... Why, why yes, I do write poetry. Thank you. It's like... <laughs> yeah. Uh... Notes on a city... Oh, man, it's like notes on a city or something. I don't know. What is it? A willing ignorance. Oh. <laughs> a willing ignorance. <laughs> okay. Dang you guys here. are two for four now. All you gotta season... do is draw from season nine, and I'm toast. <laughs> Season two, episode hey. seven, the client. What street was Michael raised on? I was raised right over here on. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what is it. Kenneth Road. Oh, okay. Kenneth Road. Damn. Kenneth Road. Okay. You guys are two for five. I didn't think season two back. would have any gems like that. <laughs> if you can get this, then you'll at least get fifty percent. Okay. This is the last question. Season 2, Episode 7, The Client. What is the original place that Jan, Michael, and the client, Christian, were going to have the meeting? Radisson. Radisson. Oh, you guys did it. You got 50%. Congratulations. Well, he said we wouldn't get over 50%, right? Uh, yeah, he said you wouldn't score more All than right. 50%, but at least you got 50%. Damn. Great work, guys. Great work, Will. Fantastic trivia. Please keep it coming, and everyone out there, you can... Send us trivia to uh, email us, mspodcastcompany at gmail.com, or you can give us a call, 503-694-9314. We're on Facebook and Instagram, Michael Scott Podcast Company. We're on Twitter at Michael Scott Pod. We have a website, michaelscottpod.com. And you can join us on Patreon for $5 a month and become a Scott's Tot. Patreon.com com slash michael scott you get an extra mailbag you get a mailbag episode every month and you can uh there's a direct line to send us questions on patreon so we we answer pretty much all the questions um it's a uh, video yeah, got, of our, our beautiful faces that's right uh, yep we got the and uh yeah uh there's a we're we've got all kinds of ideas um that we're rolling out we're gonna try and do uh maybe a trivia with all y'all someday. So thank you so much to our Patreon supporters. You guys are awesome. Um, uh, again, like we, we don't have ads on the show. It's all thanks to um, you guys supporting us and just, you guys are the get, gas in the tank. Yeah, man. 
Um, so special thanks to all our Patreon supporters. Special thanks to Ryan Lloyd, who helps us with our social media and designs all our artwork. This episode was recorded in Portland, Oregon, over video chat. As always, thank you for listening. We appreciate you all. Take care. Be safe. We'll see you next week. Pippity poppy, give me the zombie. Yes, yes sir. sir. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.